BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. An incredibly deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. With LinkedIn ads, you'll be able to target over 70 million decision makers all in one place. No deep voice required. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Mark Moss Show where we are talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies and really this decentralized revolution that's happening each and every week, bringing you the most up-to-date news, the education so you understand what's going on and some of the best and some of the brightest people in the space to give you that perspective and a little bit of a nuance and uh, hopefully some entertainment along with all that. So I, as I say each and every week, this is the biggest opportunity you will ever have in your lifetime. You don't want to miss it. The problem is, is that where are you getting your information? Wherever you're getting it from, it's most likely wrong, and that is going to cause you to have problems. So pull out your phone if you're not driving, put a calendar reminder on right now, and join me each and every week on this channel at this time where I'll make it the most profitable part of each and every week. Now, jumping into Bitcoin, um, there's so many angles as I talk about each and every week. There's so many angles to come at it from, so it's very difficult to understand. Um, you have to understand philosophy and game theory and technology and monetary systems and on and on and on and on and on. One of the big things about Bitcoin, though, that I like to focus on is why. Why do we even need Bitcoin? That's a big piece of it. Um, of course, we come at that from different angles all the time. And then why does Bitcoin move up and down and why is it needed, right? So I know that most people are focusing on the price. And of course, right now, the price, the US dollar value of Bitcoin is down. So we're down off of our all-time highs. November 2021, we had a high of about $69,000. And now at the time of this, we're somewhere in the high 30s, I don't know, 38-ish range, something like that. And I know a lot of people are wishing that I would tell you, is now the best time to buy? Or is now the time to sell? 
but I'm going to come at it from a different angle. And really, we're going to look at it from what are the factors that drive it? So for example, you may have decided that to buy Bitcoin or people have told you to buy Bitcoin or you're thinking about buying Bitcoin because you think it will be worth more in the future. But why? Why would it be more worth more in the future? And more importantly, how much could it be worth in the future? So you want to look at those types of things. Now, one of the reasons why is that, uh, and, and why is it down? Why is the price down? And why would it be worth more in the future? And one of the things that we have to look at is what in the world is going on right now in the Federal Reserve of the United States, the Central Bank of the United States. If you're not, uh, if you haven't been even paying attention to what's going on, then good luck trying to understand Bitcoin. I know a lot of people sometimes say, Mark, Mark, stay in your lane. Don't, don't talk about politics. Or don't talk about, you know, finance and don't talk about the Fed. And it's like, you can't understand these things unless you dig into that. And so all eyes have been on Jerome Powell. He's the head of the Federal Reserve, the Central Bank of the United States. And uh, they had a meeting. They had a meeting, the FMOC, and they decided to get together and decide what comes next. What is the fate of the world hanging in the balance based off of what they decide? What's in their head? I, tw- I, I posted this on Twitter. Uh, by the way, if you're not following me on Twitter, then you should. <laughs> it's the number one Mark Moss. I'm pretty active on there, probably more active than I should be. I'd love to hear from you, so reach out and say you heard me on the radio. Um, but I, I posted something on, on, uh, on Twitter saying that, you know, how strange it is that the whole world is waiting to see what they say because what happens with the financial markets, what happens with your stock accounts? What happens with the price of your home? What happens with maybe the price of your food and your gasoline? What happens with the price of Bitcoin? All boils down to what they do, what they decide. Um, So they met all day um, on Thursday. And then on Thursday night, there was a Twitter spaces that I jumped into with uh, some very, very smart people. We had uh, Preston Pish was kind of leading it and talking about the Fed meeting all day. And uh, for like two hours, we discussed, um, will they raise rates? Will they not raise rates? Will they continue to do stimulus? Will they really taper? Will they cut back QE? Um, and, and if they did any of these things or combinations of them, hundreds of combinations of these things, then what would happen? And so we're all on there speculating, but really what we're doing is we're trying to read a mind. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not very good at reading minds. I don't know if you've ever tried it, but it's not very easy. So we're all there trying to read what's in the mind. Will they do this or will they do that? Or how long till they reverse course and on and on and on, right? One, uh, that's a fool's errand, right? You can't be guessing with your financial future. You can't just be guessing about that. You can't be leaving that up to reading minds. And, And I bring that up to highlight the insanity that our entire world is hanging in the balance of what they do. And the whole point here is that nobody, not no one person nor one group should ever have that power. That's the insanity. We're going to dig into more about what they're doing and what that ultimately is going to do to the best of the markets. And of course, Bitcoin, by the way, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Moss show where we're talking about Bitcoin. 
And we're talking about this decentralized revolution. And right now we're talking about what the Federal Reserve is doing so you can have a better understanding of all this. But so how insane is it that one person or one group of people can literally have that power over everything to change the price? So I, I tweeted that out and I said, uh, but you know, Bitcoin fixes this. And I got, it, 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 uh, it, was, it went pretty viral. I mean, a lot of people liked it. A lot of people commented, hundreds of people commented on that. And a lot of the comments were saying, yeah, but how does Bitcoin fix that? Because when the Fed makes their decision, the price of Bitcoin goes up and down too. Yeah, but that's not the point. That's not the point that I'm trying to make here. Yes, the price of Bitcoin is subject to the whims of the Federal Reserve, just like the price of your gasoline, just like the price of your stake, just like the value of your home and your retirement basket of stocks as well. But that's the insanity. So yes, unfortunately, the price, the US dollar of Bitcoin will be whipsawed back and forth based off of whatever they're doing. But that's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is that because no one or no one group should ever have that power, the goal is to take that power away from them. Take away any one person's or group's ability to move the entire world's prices by creating more money and changing interest rates. So let me kind of break that down for you. All right. So um, you might, if, 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 well, like I said, if you're not paying attention, then you should be because this affects everything. This affects your job, whether you might end up having a new job or having a job at all. This affects, like I said, the value of your home, or if you're going to buy a new home, how much that's going to cost you. This affects how much it's going to cost you to commute back and forth to work. So if you think this doesn't affect you, then again, you're sadly mistaken. Henry Ford said over 100 years ago, Henry Ford, the, the godfather of the automobile, he said that the, if the American people knew how the banking system worked, there would be a revolution before the morning. Before the morning. That means, <laughs> that means that people would be so outraged that they wouldn't even wait. They would be out there storming the streets, storming the banks. But that was 100 years ago. Imagine how much worse, thing, worse things are today, 100 years later. And of course, it's uh, no surprise that this is why they don't teach you any of this in school. Not only do they not only teach it to you, they purposely withhold it from you. And so I get it if you're not paying attention. I get it if you don't understand how this impacts your life. But as I like to say, an ostrich can bury its head in the sand, but it won't stop it from being eaten. You can choose to ignore reality in the words of Ayn Rand. You can choose to ignore reality, but you cannot ignore the consequences of reality. And so you got to know what the heck the Fed's doing. You got to know what the heck they're doing, uh, what they said in this meeting this week, um, what their plans are doing. And more importantly, what is that going to do to your entire life and the price of Bitcoin? And of course, how Bitcoin fixes this. So I'm going to break that down a little bit. Um, like I said, you should be paying attention so do not go away. By the way, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Of course, we're talking about Bitcoin, the decentralized revolution that's happening right now. Uh, we're talking about why. Why is Bitcoin needed? And it's being highlighted right now by the Federal Reserve moving the markets in the world. I'm going to explain that to you and show you what you should be doing about that. So don't go away. I'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we're talking about Bitcoin. Thanks for tuning in. We're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies, and we're talking about the decentralized revolution that's happening. And uh, really, we're digging into why. Why does the decentralized revolution need to happen? Why is it happening? And um, 
some of the things it can fix. And so we're talking about the Federal Reserve, the central banks, of the, central bank of the United States. And uh, this week they uh, they had a big meeting, and everybody was waiting to hear what they said. And would they come out hawkish, meaning would they be strong against it? Would they be really working hard to tamp down this inflation that we're having, or would they be dovish, which would be eh, like eh, we'll just kind of let it go. They'll be weak and soft, right? And so they had this meeting that everybody was waiting for, and um, they were pretty hawkish, meaning that they are pretty aggressive on what they want to do. And of course, the markets have reacted, right? We're seeing the price of all the stocks turning down. We're seeing high-yield credit turning down. That's a really bad sign. We're seeing the breadth um, of the markets break apart. That's really bad. And of course, as I was saying, Bitcoin and all cryptocurrencies are all down as well. Um, So basically what the Fed is saying that um, they are going to end quantitative easing by March of 2022, which is about two two months away, um, end it. So what is quantitative easing? So quantitative easing, easing is basically the central banks creating money and putting them on reserves at the banks. And then when the banks get reserves, they create money into existence by generating loans. So when you go to the bank to get a loan for your house, a boat, a car, whatever, an RV, that money is created into existence. The central banks, they don't create money. They put reserves onto the banks and then the banks can create money from those reserves. And so QE is a, is a roundabout way of creating money. And um, I'm not gonna get super um, detailed into that. There's a little bit more, but um, they've been basically pumping the markets full of this liquidity since 2008, since the 2008 financial crisis, the GFC, the great financial crash. And they've never stopped since 2008. They said, oh, they, they saved the world. They saved the world financial system. Well, then how come they were never able to let the financial system run on its own again? So they've been pumping the markets full. Um, now, um, some historical context I think is important for you to understand about this is that in uh, 2018, just after the now current Fed chair Jerome Powell took office, he came in ready to change the world. He was going to fix things. And he said, I'm going to taper. I'm going to end QE. We're going to get the markets to stand up on their own. We're going to stop pumping them full of money. And so he tried and he did. And he um, started tapering. And very quickly, the markets crashed very fast. 20% drawdown in stocks. Boom. Right away. And uh, he he very quickly found out that uh, you can't taper a Ponzi. So um, he quickly had to reverse course and they had to continue pumping the markets full of money. And we've continued on from 2018 and 2019. And then, you know, March 2020 came, which was the uh, big crash in the stock market. The pandemic, you know, locked the whole country down, locked the lock everything down. The markets crashed again and they brought even more firepower. They brought, you know, this time eight trillion dollars to pump the markets back up. And so every time they've tried, well, really only one time they tried to stop pumping the markets full of money. The markets crashed, and now he's saying they're finally going to do it. They couldn't do it last time, but this time they're going to do it. Uh, really? At a time when supply chains are breaking down? At a time when lockdowns are still happening? At a time when the economy is seems very, very fragile? At a time when asset prices are sky high because of all their monetary uh, stimulus, and they're going to stop? Okay, well, we can speculate on that. But he said that's what we're going to do. On on top of that, what they're going to do um, is they're going to start raking up the uh, rate, uh, increasing the interest rates. And so that means that as interest rates go up, that means you'll be paying more for debt to take on debt, which means that a lot less people will take on debt. When a lot less people take on debt, 
guess what happens? Things slow down. You don't buy new cars. You don't buy new houses. Um, when you don't buy new cars and new houses, guess what happens? The price of those houses come down. When the price of your house comes down, guess what happens? You feel poor. <laughs> you feel less rich. Guess what happens when you feel less rich? You buy less things. Do you see how this starts spiraling very, 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 very quickly? The way that, uh, the way that this uh, leverage works is that if someone would loan me unlimited amount of money for free, I might go get a bunch of that free money and I might go buy a bunch of houses all over the country, all over the world. I might go buy yachts and planes and, and all that. And all of that free money that I was given creates all this stimulus, right? So now people are making more houses and people are making more planes and make, making more boats. And so things start, and then all those people that make the boats, now they all have more money and then they go buy more things and more equipment and they buy bigger buildings and then, you know, on and on and on. So it levers up really fast, but it also unwinds just as fast. So if rates go up and less people buy homes, well, then there's less people in the home building niche. There's less people selling supplies for those homes. And the people that, buy those, that sell those supplies have less money to go buy other goods and services. And the whole thing starts to unwind very, very quickly. So anyway, uh, they're going to stop stimulating, apparently, by March 2022. And then they're going to start increasing interest rates, rate hikes. And then maybe, he said, maybe they might even actually start um, quantitative tightening, which means not just in the tapering, um, but actually start pulling money back out. Now, um, that's what he's saying. And the markets are not liking that. And so it is dragging the price of all assets, including your retirement portfolio, down. Stocks are breaking down. What People are wondering if we're going to a bear market. And like I said, Bitcoin is going down as well. But what does that mean for the future of Bitcoin? As I said, Bitcoin fixes this. But um, to the hundreds of comments I got on that Twitter post, uh, it's, not, um, it's not immune. So a lot of people say, well, uh, Mark, you know, Bitcoin is still correlated to the stock market. It's too correlated. I'm not interested in Bitcoin because it's so correlated. And I would say every single asset is correlated right now because of the Fed, because of the Federal Reserve. It shouldn't be like this, but it is. Because as they're pumping in trillions of dollars of liquidity, it drives everything. Warren Buffett uh, famously said that a rising tide raises all boats. But when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. And so um, the $8 trillion has lifted all the boats up at the same time. And when you pull the water out, all the boats also go down at the same time. Um, out here in California, I had a house out in the river, out in the river area of uh, Nevada and Arizona for, for, shoot, almost 20 years, over a decade. And um, on the river, it's the Colorado River that comes from Colorado, goes through Las Vegas, Lake Mead, goes through Arizona, and then eventually dips into the, uh, into the uh, Gulf of Mexico, or not Gulf of Mexico, the Gulf of Baja. Um, but on that river, at night, um, when the tide comes up, you park your boat up on the shore and you drop your anchor and then you wake up in the morning and it's like five feet from the water because <laughs> the water that they release water from the dam and all the boats come up. And then when they shut the dam and then it all drops down. And that's kind of what the federal reserve does. Just like the dam releases more water in the river and then they take water out. Same thing happens with the federal reserve. They put money in and everybody feels rich and then they pull money out. And it all starts falling apart. And so Bitcoin is a part of that, um, just like gold, just like every other asset. But 
that's only one piece of the story. And if that's what you're seeing in the news headlines, you are going to be faked out of the market. So I want to tell you the real way that you need to look at this and where we are in this uh, market cycle of cryptocurrencies. Um, is it over or is it just about to begin? I'm going to come back with more on that. Listen to the Mark Moss Show talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Don't go away. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's that time of year again. The U.S. Mint is making the new 2024 American Silver Eagle and American Gold Eagle coins, and there's no better time to buy than now. Gold rose 23% in the past 13 months, and silver's up 27%. Plus, they're both still climbing. Get the newest gold and silver coins of the year from my trusted friends at Universal Coin and Bullion by calling 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Their company president, Dr. Mike Fulgens, is America's gold expert, and he recently met with financial guru Steve Forbes to discuss trends in precious metals. And both experts agree that gold could hit 2,500 an ounce in 2024. That's nearly a 25% gain from today's price per ounce. If you want to make a sound money investment, then add gold and silver to your portfolio now and keep adding as part of your regular investment strategy. Gold's been used as money for over 2,500 years. Call Universal Coin and Bullion at 1-800-UCB-GOLD. That's 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Or check out universalcoin.com slash Mark Moss. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also, small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we're talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the decentralized revolution each and every week. I'm here with you. You can find me on Twitter at one Mark Moss. That's just the number one. I tweet about this stuff all the time. And so uh, follow me there. Give me a shout out at me. Tell me you heard me on the radio. Ask me a question. I'll make sure to answer it for you. Now, we're talking about the Federal Reserve because all eyes are on the Federal Reserve as they're driving the markets. I was using the illustration of uh, this this place on the river where I used to go, and uh, they'd open the dam, and the, there'd be a lot of water, and people would park their boats up, and then overnight they'd let the they'd close the dam, and the water would run out, and then boats would be on dry land. And that's kind of what the Federal Reserve is doing with their money. I explained to you what they said in this meeting this week of what they plan to do and what's going to happen about that, but... Um, I want to tell you a couple of things. So one, we're going to look at what does this really mean for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies? Um, before I do that, I want to give you a little bit of historical context here. So just uh, for a little bit of historical context, just because they're doing this doesn't necessarily mean the markets are going to crash. So for historical narrative, uh, as I was talking about earlier, this quantitative easing where the Fed injects money into the system really kind of got started in 2008 after the great financial crash. And about two years after that, in 2010, the economy was still very weak. Everybody was still very, very scared, very gun-shy because <laughs> they just got wiped out in two, 2008, two years before. So 2010, two years later, the economy's weak. People are still gun-shy. Um, and the Fed tried to end um, QE. And um, the markets crashed. Yeah, same thing. Stocks dropped. But here's the key piece. Stocks dropped a little bit, and then they just basically chopped sideways for about three months. When I say chop sideways, what I mean is they just went up and down, up and down, up and down, but stayed in like a very, in a, in a, in a range for about three months. And then they blasted off even higher. If I had to give, um, if I had to consult my crystal ball, if I had one, which I don't, but I wish I did, it would make these things easier. But if I had to consult a crystal ball, what I would probably expect it to tell me is we might see something similar to that. So maybe the Fed signals that they're going to be hawkish. Um, you know, they're going to be really strong on inflation, but then they're going to probably walk that back. And, you know, if we look at, if we look at this, so they haven't even done anything yet. All they, all they did is say they were going to do something. And already we have this giant sell-off in the markets. Imagine if they really actually do something, what happens. Now, um, the Fed feels like they have to act because we have midterms coming up and inflation is raging high and um, everybody's upset over inflation. And if they don't do something about it, you know, the election may not do good. But what happens if everybody's stock portfolio crashes? What happens if the value of your home plunges? I think people would be pretty unhappy about that as well. And so they, they, uh, they can't allow that to happen. They're really stuck. But um, we'll see. Like I said, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to read a crystal ball that I don't have. I'm here trying to read a mind of, of Jerome Powell that I can't do. And so, you know, all we can do is, is, uh, is speculate. But what we can also do is we can protect ourselves. Um, what did I say? I can't even remember what I said here. I said something about uh, since we can't read minds, we just have to manage our risk. And so that's basically what we can do. Since we don't know what the future holds, I said... Uh, the key to successful investing is managing risk, not trying to be a psychic. <laughs> I, can't, I can't be a psychic. So um, we have to manage the risk. So if, if I'm looking at the markets right now, I would say that, you know, we could potentially, 
um, on the stocks, you know, maybe bounce back up about six, 7%, but we have maybe another 20% on the downside. So you want to manage that risk. But back to Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Um, I would look at Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Now, what's interesting is a lot of people wanted to know when the top of the of this market cycle would be. And a lot of people have speculated that um, looking at halving cycles, so if you're not familiar with that, about every four years, the amount of new Bitcoin being created gets cut in half. That's called a halving cycle. And so, you know, like all things, it moves on supply and demand. So if you have, if you have uh, the same amount of people wanting Bitcoin, the demand is the same, and then you cut the supply in half, then you would expect that the price would go up. You have the same amount of people chasing less goods and services. What happens if you get more people chasing less goods and services and the price that moves up even more? And so every four years, the, the amount of new Bitcoin being created on a daily basis cuts in half. And so we've only had a few of these cycles, so we don't really have anything empirical. We don't have anything, you know, uh, we don't have a ton of historical data to look at. But when we look at these past um, halving cycles, what we see is that about approximately 18 months after the halving cycle is the peak. And um, the ha the last halving cycle was May of 2020. So what's that? Uh, if you <laughs> if you add that up from May 2020, I was just counting on my fingers. Sorry for the pause. <laughs> May 2020 to May 2021 is 12 months, and from May to November is six months. So six plus 12 equals ah uh, 18. Who would have thought that? <laughs> Now, Michael Saylor told us that all our models are destroyed. Maybe, maybe not. Time will tell. Now, nobody can tell the top of a market or the bottom of a market until we're looking backwards on it. All right, so we don't know. Um, now, Bitcoin is down about 45% from its all-time high, which in May of last year, it was down 50%. So... 50% drops aren't that uncommon. As a matter of fact, um, they're, they're not uncommon to Bitcoin at all. 30% um, drops seem to happen almost like on a monthly basis. Um, and if you look at uh, um, any of the big tech stocks, like look at Amazon, for example, um, Amazon's dropped 50%, I think eight times. It's dropped 90%, I want to say two or three times. I don't have the exact number in front of me. Um, and so when you're looking at a... a you know, groundbreaking, you know, I don't want to say revolutionary technology, Amazon's not, but it's a groundbreaking new company, you know, e-commerce that led that niche. Yeah. I mean, it's volatile. It dropped, you know, two or three times, 90%, now 50%. Um, and so, you know, Bitcoin throughout its life and cryptocurrencies um, on these, on these kind of bear markets, it typically would drop, you know, 90% and then it's 80% and 70%. And now maybe the 50% drops is what we have. But there could be more. Now, if I'm looking at cryptocurrencies overall, um, we see that um, the other cryptocurrencies, and I like to specify Bitcoin, not crypto. So we look at Bitcoin as one unit, and then we look at all the other cryptocurrencies kind of together. And some of you might be triggered by that. Sorry. By the way, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we're talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. And so um, if we look at Bitcoin... Uh, we can see, like I said, we're down about 45% off of its all-time high. But but the everything below that, if you look at uh, all the 15,000 cryptocurrencies and everything from number two down, they're all basically fighting against each other. And what we've seen is we've seen this super hyped up narrative coins, the Dodge coins, the Dog coins, the Solana coins, etc. Um, they've been super hyped up. And we've seen all of them. And if you look at you know most of the coins in the top 10, 
um, they're all down 70, 80% um, compared to Bitcoin, you know, down uh, 45%. Now, part of that is because those also maybe went up a lot more, um, but they've basically done what we would call a round trip. And this is a key piece if you're looking at trading and, uh, and things like that, which I don't advise, uh, but they basically gone all the way up and they're all the way back down to where they were about August of 2021. And so maybe that's actually a good sign. A lot of you may be wanting to know, is now the time to buy? Is now the time to buy? Or Mark, is there, is there going to be more um, price drop? Should I wait? Should I buy now or should I wait? It's funny because, um, Whenever the price is making new all-time highs, um, <laughs> I got friends coming out of the woodwork. People I maybe haven't talked to five, six years are messaging me, texting me, or emailing me. Hey, should I buy? Should I buy? They want to buy when it's at the peak, but whenever it drops down here, uh, then they don't seem to want to buy. But the question is, is should you buy now? Should you buy cryptocurrencies or Bitcoin now? Or based off of what the Fed is doing, should we wait? Could we wait for a better time to buy? And actually, I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to consult my crystal ball, and I'm going to give you the answer to that question, tell you what I think, should you buy Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies right now, what you should expect, listen to the Mark Moss Show, talking about these topics. Uh, I'm going to come back and tell you the answer to that question in a second, so do not go away. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Mark Moss Show while we're talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and this decentralized revolution that's happening. And uh, I've just spent the last uh, few minutes most of this hour talking about the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, who heads the Federal Reserve, the Central Bank of the United States, and um, how they're basically wrecking the world and how the whole world is hanging on their every word to wonder what the price of their gas will be and how much their stake will be and how much their home will be worth and what will Bitcoin be worth as well. And I, I, I made the point that <laughs> that's ridiculous. I mean, I, I'm laughing about it, just thinking about how ridiculous. I mean, if you just just look at that from the outside for a second, the fact that one person or one group of people have the power to make you rich or poor. You have no privy to that information that they have. I don't. And I study this. And you don't. So you're out there doing your best. You know, you're working hard. You're saving your money. You're, you're, you know, maybe you're starting a business. You've sacrificed your life savings for this business. You're putting your blood, sweat, and tears into it. You're sacrificing time with your family so you can do this business. And you're doing the best that you can with the information that you have available. You look at the price of money. You look at interest rates. You look at inflation. You look at the demand. Yes, I think people want this product. Yes, I think it's worth the risk. I know. I know 90% of businesses fail. I get that. But I'm going to take this chance. Because I need to get ahead for my family and you do the best that you can or, or you're working a job and you're saving your money and you're putting it into your retirement account, doing the best that you can. But there's a group of people in Washington that have all the power over your life and it has, you have zero control over it. There's nothing that you can do. You can either one, not do anything. So you could not save and you could not invest and you're just going to fall further and further behind because the amount of money they're printing, they're debasing the currency so fast that you can't afford to live off your wages anymore. You'll never retire. So you have to, you have to play the game. It's like a game of musical chairs. You played that when you were a kid, right? You go round and round and round on the chairs. And when, whenever the person decides to stop the music, you have to sit down, but there's not enough chairs for everyone. And so you have to play the game because if you don't, 
you get left behind. So you, you play. The problem is that <laughs> Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve, they work the music. They dump $8 trillion into the economy over the last 24 months. The market shoots up higher. Real estate goes higher. Businesses go higher. Everything's great. And then <laughs> they just suck the money right back out. They don't tell you when. You have no control over that. And that's not okay. That's what Bitcoin fixes. Now, yes, Bitcoin goes up and down. The U.S. dollar value goes up and down as well. But that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. Bitcoin takes away the ability of any person to control the money supply. It's not about, it's not about taking the money or taking the power away from Jerome Powell or the Fed. It's not, it's not about giving it to somebody else. It's not, it's not about where we should vote on it. It's not about where we have a different group controlling it. It's about nobody controlling it. It's about nobody being able to influence it or increase the money supply or decrease the money supply. That's what inflation is. Inflation is not the prices going up and down. Inflation is the amount of money increasing or decreasing. So um, anyway, that's my rant. Let's go back to what I said. I consulted my crystal ball while we were on commercial break. And I asked the crystal ball, should you buy Bitcoin now or should you wait? So let me give you the, what, they, what they told me. They said it depends. What? What kind of answer is that? <laughs> well, it depends on you. It depends on what kind of person you are. So let me give you some framework to think about this. So a couple ways I'd look at it. Um, because I don't really have a crystal ball and I don't really know what the future holds, there's a few things I would say. One, um, the price of Bitcoin has continued to march higher every single year. So since its inception over a decade ago, every single year, the lowest point has always been higher every year. And so instead of always looking at where we are from the highest point, look where we are making progress on the lowest point. So you could have pretty much bought at any point in time, except for the last um, 30 days, and be in profit. Um, and so that's one way to look at it. And so a lot of it depends on your time frame, what you're looking for. If you're putting money away that you want to save for retirement, and that's a long time frame, five years or more, for me, I'm looking at ways I can lock my Bitcoin up in trust so my kids can't even sell it. It's gonna, and my grandkids can't even sell it. So that's my time frame. But depending on what your time frame is, I would say a couple things. Either one, the 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 best the the answer that's going to be the safest for you is to do something called dollar cost averaging (DCA). And what that means is, let's say that you have, um, you know, a thousand dollars to put to Bitcoin, or ten thousand dollars, or a million dollars, whatever you have. Instead of putting all of that in in a lump sum, what you do is you break it apart. And you break it into, into pieces. And so you say, I have a thousand bucks, so I'm going to put 25 bucks in every Friday. And you can use a platform like Swan Bitcoin, and they can set up that, um, like a, a reoccurring buy really easy for you. Um, so go to Swan Bitcoin. It's super easy to use, like an app. You can say, I want to buy 10 bucks every Friday, and it just automatically does that for you. So that's one way to do it. You could do it every Friday. You could do it every every two weeks when you get your paycheck. It could be once a month, once a quarter, whatever you want. And so that's that's the that's the one way to do it. And what happens is, let's say that you start buying now at thirty seven, thirty eight thousand, and then it goes down to thirty five. Well, you buy a little more, and it goes up to thirty. And then let's say let's say it goes all the way down to twenty. So you buy some more at twenty. So then what happens is you bought some at thirty. Let's say for easy numbers, let's say you bought some at forty. You bought you bought a hundred dollars worth at forty, and then you bought a hundred dollars worth at thirty, or let's call it a hundred dollars at twenty. So hundred at forty and hundred at twenty. Well, now you average that. So now your blended cost of your Bitcoin is now 30000 So if you're afraid or you think that Bitcoin could continue going down, then dollar cost average in, take the amount of money you want to put in. Now, typically that would be a percentage. So you may decide that you want to put 5% of your total investable assets into Bitcoin. 
But instead of putting it all in at once, you break it apart and you put it in on a weekly basis or biweekly or monthly basis. That's that's number one. Um, but for some of you who don't have the patience for that, don't have the time for that, um, I think now is a pretty good price. Now, um, we're down about a 50% retracement. Historically, a 50% retracement has been pretty good. Like I said, in May of 2021, we got that. Um, when we look at uh, some other metrics, it looks like it could be pretty good, but we don't know what the Federal Reserve is going to do. That's the whole problem. What happens is whenever the Fed sucks the liquidity out, then anything that's liquid becomes liquidity. So what do I mean by that? If you go back to the 2008 great financial crash, you see that um, the whole market sold off, right? Stocks sold off 60%. Gold, gold is supposed to be the chaos hedge, right? It's supposed to be the opposite. Well, gold sold off as well. But the difference is when when the market sold off 60%, gold only sold off about 25%. But that's only part of the part of the equation. What actually happened is that gold rebounded almost immediately and within seven months had reclaimed its all-time high. It took the stock markets seven years. And gold went on to make crazy new all-time highs where the stock didn't. And if we look at March 2020, the same thing happened. Everything sold off in March 2020. Everything, including Bitcoin, including gold. But... Uh, Bitcoin rebounded from 3,800 to 70,000. Gold rebounded and shot to new all-time highs as well. So while everything gets dragged down temporarily in a liquidity crisis, it's what happens after the liquidity crisis that matters. And so while Bitcoin is kind of at the whims of what the Federal Reserve is going to do, and I don't know what Jerome Powell is going to do next, I'm guessing that they're going to pivot. I'm guessing that they won't actually go through with all these rate hikes, I'm guessing that they really don't want the markets to crash because they just spent eight thousand. I'm sorry, eight trillion dollars to prop them up. I don't think they would have just spent eight trillion to let them go now. That's my guess because I don't know. So the answer to the question: Should you buy Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies now? For Bitcoin, if you like it uh, and you're afraid of more drops, dollar cost to average in. If you just want to lump some buy, I think it's a pretty darn good price. You're buying cheaper than some of the smartest guys in the world. Um, like Jack Dorsey from Twitter and his company Block, or for like Michael Saylor from Strategy, uh, or like the nation of El Salvador. So if you can buy cheaper than they bought, that's a pretty good entry in my opinion. Um, so maybe to lump some buy, if you're in that camp, if you're afraid that's going to go down, then dollar cost average in. As far as the cryptocurrencies, man, it's anybody's gamble. The top 10 rotate all the time, and who knows what are going to be the next, next ones um, at the top 10. So close your eyes, throw a dart, and have fun with that. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the decentralized revolution. We talked about the Fed and what they're doing. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 